All right, well, go ahead and take your Bibles. And not Psalms, that's Sunday school lesson. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 this morning. On the table out there, um, we have these little cards that um, we put out there a while back. And encourage folks, if you just have questions about something biblical, something you're not real sure about, something you don't completely understand, or maybe it's just something you like uh, to hear talked about or hear preached about, I encourage you to write those questions down and give them to me. And I can't promise that I'll give you a, a good answer, but I'll definitely try. And I'll try to give a Bible answer on those. And one of the questions that was written down is what I'm going to be talking about today. And that is really, it's a big question that I think a lot of people ask this question. And honestly, I've asked this question quite a bit. And I never, I never really sat down and tried to look from the Bible. You know, I had some ideas and things, but I never really sat down and looked to see what does the Bible say about this? Why is this? Because this is a really good question, and that is why is there sin? Think about it, you know, it's a very common question. You know, how did evil enter the picture? Did God create it? God created everything? Or was evil something that was created by the devil? And if it was and if it was the devil that created it, well didn't God create the devil? So did God create the devil with the ability to create evil? And wouldn't that mean in a way that God did create evil? I mean, we can really kind of go around and around in this for a while. It is something, and I don't, I'm not going to say that it's something we can completely understand here on this earth. But really, what, you know, people ask, why would God create a universe where evil could enter the picture? Why didn't He just make us make everything to where there could be no evil? And these are very difficult questions. I don't know if we'll ever completely understand them, but I do believe there are some really good answers in the Bible. And there is really one key thing, and it's really the last point of my message that the Lord showed me that really kind of it really helped me. I think, and I hope I can pass this on to you. And I hope this will help you in case you ever have just wondered how did evil enter the picture. And I, I and really when I as I studied for this and as I felt like. I got the answer that I needed. It really, the one thing it did for me is it really made me appreciate my salvation a lot more. And I think it's one thing we can't appreciate our salvation enough. But let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Let's go and look when evil did enter the picture. Genesis chapter 3, we all know this story. But it says, uh, we know how God made a garden. He made it, it was a paradise. And God put that tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you know, people ask, why did He put that tree in the garden? Why did, why did God put that tree there? But it says in verse 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Right here, this is this is how sin entered the picture for us. We know the story how the first man and the first woman they transgressed the one law that God had given them. The one law they sinned, and it just went downhill from there. We read just a chapter or so later the story of Cain and Abel. We read about the very first murder that ever took place, the very first death of a human that had ever taken place. And then you read a little bit farther and then we see the world get so wicked. 
and so corrupt. You know, we think that the world's bad today, but you know, I don't think that we're necessarily living in the worst times that there ever were. It got so bad that Noah and his family was the only righteous left on the earth, and God had to destroy the entire world with a flood. And you would think that the world would have learned his lesson, but you read a little farther, and sin, right? We see a story with Noah and with Ham where there's a terrible sin that's committed. And then you read a little farther, we're only a couple hundred years after the flood, maybe, and we read the story of the Tower of Babel. And how the men, they, what they did there was wicked. And then God ended up confounding the language. And then a little while later, we read the stories of places like Sodom and Gomorrah. Just wicked, corrupt places. And let me tell you, it, it, throughout the Bible, it's filled with horrible, horrible, bloody stories. There's some, there's some disgusting stories that are in the Bible. Just horrible things that people did. We read about, there's one story that's sad in the Bible where there was a famine in the land that was so bad where two women got together and they decided, you know what? We're going to have to eat our kids. We'll eat your son today and then the next day we'll eat my son. And they went to the king. The one woman went to the king because they ate the one lady's son and then the next day she hid her own son. I mean, just... It's disgusting what humans are capable of doing. If you watch the news, you're going to hear some horrible stories of things that happen sometimes. Just horrible, disgusting things. You look at what goes on in different parts of the world. And I mean, we there's, there are some horrible places. We are very blessed in America. I mean, while things are still pretty bad here, it's, it's a lot worse in some places. And let me tell you, the wickedness and just the perverted stories that we hear going on, it's nothing new. It's been going on since the beginning of time. And it is a very... There's, it's just horrible. And sometimes we get to looking at these things and we just get to wondering, Lord, why? Often I say to myself, you know, Lord, just please hurry up and return and get us out of this mess. I'm saying that more and more all the time. When I hear the, when I hear the stories that I hear, I mean, just on the news the other day, I was I was in the hospital and there was something on the news that was just it was so disgusting, and it was being portrayed as something. Good and wonderful, and it made me. It just made me so sick, and I'm just thinking, Lord, let's go. Go ahead and return. Get us out of this mess. This world is wicked, and sometimes we can get to wondering, just you know, why is He here? Why does God allow it? What's going on? Doesn't God see what's going on? Some of the horrible stories I've read about of the martyrs in the past, and you read about the way that these good, godly Christian people were tortured for their faith, and we think, Lord. How did you let that happen? Lord, how is that going on in our country? The millions of babies that we've killed in our own country through things like abortion. And you hear about it. You hear the numbers and it just it makes you sick. You hear about our politicians wanting to you know, legalize these late-term and partial birth abortions. It's just disgusting. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting and barbaric what they do. I mean, And I think about that. When my wife is pregnant with a little girl that said, we've not seen her except through the ultrasounds, but we've seen the hand moves. We've watched her suck her thumb. You know, I, I felt the movement. I've seen the movement. You know, we've seen. You can see the growth. My wife. I mean, she's getting she's getting pretty big. And you, you sometimes you see that movement that's going on in there, and to think that there's people out there that think it's okay to go and just end that life. And it, I just sometimes I want to throw up at how disgusting things are in this world. So. Back to the question, you know, 
So how can we understand why there is sin? How did it happen? Well, first thing, before we answer that, one thing that we need to understand, we need to realize about God is that He is holy. That He's holy. Now, it's hard for us as sinful people to really fully comprehend and understand holiness. But one thing that we do know, I don't have time to go into all the Scriptures in the Bible, but one thing I can tell you that we always see happen when people got near the presence of God, they felt dirty. We see in the Bible where Isaiah, when he got a glimpse at the glory and the presence of God and at God's holiness, he falls on his face and he says, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. He just he got a glimpse of God and it made himself feel dirty. It made him feel disgusting. Because around us, it's easy to feel good about ourselves. But if we got around God, we're going to feel dirty fast because He is holy. We can't even comprehend the holiness of God. That's why we cannot see God. Well, I believe God if I could if I believe in God if I could see him. If you could see him, you'd be dead. You couldn't handle seeing God and your sinful condition. We see in, in the book of Exodus where Moses, or one of those books, and I forgot which one, where Moses, he saw the back parts of God after a 40-day fast. After a 40-day fast, he sees the back parts of God and what it did to him physically, he got came down from the mountain and the children of Israel, they couldn't even look at Moses. Because Moses' face shone, the Bible says. He had to wear a veil over his face. Moses, after just seeing the back parts of God, those sinful people down there, children of Israel, they couldn't even handle looking at Moses. So we have no idea. We can't fully comprehend the holiness of God. God is all-powerful, but that doesn't mean He just goes and does whatever He feels like doing at the moment. God always acts in a way that's holy because He is holy. One Scripture... Uh, I want to read to you in Psalms 89, verse 34. And he's talking to David here. And he says, My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. God will never go against His Word. God will never, He will never do that. And he said, Once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. God always acts according to His holiness. We need to remember that, that God is holy. He always acts according to His holiness. And because of God's holiness, one thing that we see that God did in the Bible is God gives everyone a choice. You know, I think everyone would agree that if there was no choice, that that wouldn't be much of a God. I mean, how would you like it, for example, and we don't we don't believe in arranged marriages here. Okay? I mean, but really, how would you like it, guys, if you would have had to get your wife to marry you at gunpoint? She didn't want to. She didn't love you. She didn't care about you. You had you had to force her. That's not going to feel real good. It's nice to know that hey, she's doing this voluntarily. She wants she wants to do this. She wants to be my wife. It's a good thing. You know, my daughter. One of these days, guy comes along and wants to ask for my daughter's hand. And he comes to me for permission, and I th- I might I think he's an okay. Well, I'm going to go to my daughter and say, hey, do you want? Are you interested in this guy? And if she says no, I don't like him. I'm going to tell him, "Hey, tough luck. You didn't win her over. I'm not going to make her marry somebody." And you know what? God doesn't make anybody love Him. 
And I think that's a part of the holiness of God. God does, he, he doesn't do that. God gives everyone a choice. We see that the angels even had a choice. Now, I don't understand how this all worked exactly, but it says in 2 Peter 2, 4, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. I believe there was a time when the angels sinned and they, some of them before man even entered the picture. We see that hell was created for the devil and his angels. We see in, uh, based on Revelation chapter 12, verse 4, that Satan or Lucifer, he took a third part of the stars with him and he took a third of the angels with him. And we believe that the first one to choose sin was Lucifer. Ezekiel chapter 28. If you want to turn there, Ezekiel chapter 28. I think this is how we can really get a, a biblical look at where sin entered the picture. How do I remember, God is holy. And God created the angels. And I believe God gave them a choice. God created man. He gave us a choice. We'll talk a little more about that in a minute. But I want us to look at what happened with the angels. Or with Lucifer in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13. It says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, and the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou wast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. It all started, it all originated with Lucifer. Somehow it was found in him. How did it start? I believe it had something to do with when he made his choice. When he said, you know what? I don't know how it happened, but based on a lot of the different things I read in the Bible and as far as the timing, I personally believe the fall happened real quick after creation. I don't know if it was after Satan saw man or Lucifer saw man and saw God's plan for man for them to be like his son. And I think he saw man as upstaging him. And he didn't like that. And so he went and thought, you know what? I'll get man to sin. And he did. He got them to sin. And I believe that's part of what got him in trouble just based on this verse Verse 13, where it says, Thou has been in Eden. So he's been found out. He's been caught. In verse 16, By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuary by the multitude of thine iniquities and by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth the fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee, that they may know thee among the people. They shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. We know the ultimate end of Satan is that he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. And I'm looking forward to that day. I'm not looking forward to seeing any people cast there, but I'm looking forward to seeing Satan cast in the lake of fire. His end is going to be bad for sure. But we see that sin originated with him. Somewhere, he chose not to follow God. He didn't like the chain of command or something. He thought he should be 
equal. He said, I, he didn't say I'll be above him. He said, I will be like the Most High. That wasn't God's plan for Lucifer. That was God's plan for man. And Lucifer didn't like that. And he sinned. He chose. And the third of the angels, we believe, followed after him. And then, after creation, we don't know how long it was into it. A lot of people say, and I, I tend to agree with this, even though there's really nothing in the Bible to prove it, I think they fell on the first day. I really do. It, you know, and the reason I think that is because that's the way the rest of us are. We all start out day one. Bad. We start out sinning on day one. But it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. It's something that's spread and has gone out through history. It only missed one person. That's because he was born of a virgin. And that was Jesus Christ. It only missed one. But because of God's holiness, because of His holiness, I believe He gives us a choice. And we see in the book, in the book of Genesis chapter 2 that not only was there that tree of the knowledge of good and evil there in the midst of the garden, but there was another tree in the midst of the garden. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, we read, it says, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What I believe God was doing when He put that tree there, notice, people are like, why did God even put that tree there? Well, He put another tree there too. He put the tree of life there. But man chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And man fell that day. Mankind fell. God gave them a choice. He always gives a choice. He gives you a choice to receive that gift of salvation. It's a, it, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He gives you that choice. He doesn't force it on you. We don't force people to be saved. You, you can't do that. It's, it's something that you decide to do. And I believe that is a part of God's holiness that causes us to do that. But then once again, when it comes to the sin thing, people well, fine, you know, I understand that we're all sinners, but I just don't get why God allowed this to happen to me. I don't understand how this could happen. And usually whenever we get to think about that, we all start thinking about maybe terrible things that have happened to us. We think about the wrongs that have been done to us and what we have been made to deal with and what we've had to see and what we've had to suffer through. The reason people struggle with this question of why there is sin is because they don't understand that we, you and I, we are a result of sin. What we're really thinking when we ask these questions is why would God create a world where such horrible things could happen to me? That we feel like we've gotten a bad deal and that we don't deserve the misery that we've gone through. But, that's not the case. The Bible says that we have all contributed to this mess. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You and I, we all are a result of sin. We're all a part of it. We've all uh, we've all contributed to it. We are a result of sin. Psalms chapter fifty one verse five. It says, "Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me." You are a result of sin. Let me tell you something. If there was no sin, there would not be you. 
We would not be here. See, we get to think that we've been shortchanged and we've been given a bad deal, but the truth is, we in here today are all a result of sin. If there was no sin, you would not be here. That's just right here. We are looking at the effects of sin. You are looking at the effects of sin. It's people. It's men. We brought sin in the world. We've all contributed to it. None of us in here are perfect. We've all sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. First John chapter three verse eight says, "He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil." Listen, the devil, he is the prince of this world right now, and you, you and I, we don't we don't see ourselves as that sometimes. We don't understand that we are a result of sin. You and I are a consequence. And I know this sounds terrible what I'm saying. Alright? I know what... But hear me out. We are a consequence of sin. When your mother had you, she went through great pain to have you. That's a result of sin. You were kind of... a part. Of that pain that you brought her was a part of the curse. We've all contributed. When you were, as soon as you were born, not long, you started causing trouble. You started sinning. You started doing bad things because you you were contributing to the bad in the world. We've all done that. So I've never I've never killed anybody. You've all contributed. You've made other people want to kill somebody, and maybe you even helped them get pushed over the edge a little bit. You know, as I never ran anybody off the road, but no, you got that other person mad enough, and they went and ran somebody else off the road. We've all contributed to it. We're all sinners. We've all contributed to this mess. We are a result of sin. Just get that in your head. I am a result of sin. I am a consequence of man's sin. If there was no sin, I would not be here. And boy, we're a little too arrogant and pompous sometimes to think of ourselves that way. But that is the case. We deserve nothing more than hell. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Whenever we get to questioning God and doubting God because of all the sin and evil that's in the world, it's because we don't think we deserve what we whatever it is that we've been through. We don't deserve that. I told you about the fellow I knocked, we knocked on doors one time. He was out in his yard and uh, went to go invite him to church. And he starts cussing and says he doesn't want to hear any of it. He's put. I mean, he's just saying terrible. And I said, well, I'm sorry you feel that way." And he's like, "There's no way there's a God with all the war and sickness and all this." He starts talking about all the bad stuff. In other words, so you don't think the world deserves that? You don't think we deserve to have sickness? You don't think you don't think we deserve wars? You don't think we deserve death? But that's really what people are thinking when they say all that. The truth is. Every day that we're not in hell is just a day that God has been gracious to us. A day that God has been good to us. And let me tell you, the Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word. The Lord is long-suffering. The reason that we're still alive is He's trying to give us a chance to get saved. He's trying to give us an opportunity even though we don't deserve it. So we're a result of sin. We've all contributed to the mess. We deserve nothing more than hell. But the truth is, this is the story. This is the Gospel. And that is God loved us in spite of our sin 
and this mess that we helped create. John 3.16 After reading about all that horrible sin in the Old Testament, we get to the Gospels and we start reading about Jesus coming to this earth and we get to John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world. Wait a minute. That right there, when we read that, that ought to cause us to say, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. God loved the world. Now listen, everybody knows John 3.16. Okay? A lot of people that don't go to church know John 3.16. They know for God's love the world, but the problem is they don't know the Old Testament story. They don't know about how horrible things got in this world, and they don't understand the holiness of God. And anybody that reads John 3.16 ought to say, wait a minute. What's God doing loving the world? That God sent His only begotten Son? That whosoever believed in Him should not perish? Wait a minute. Why would God let anybody not perish? Have you read about the holiness of God? Have you read about the sinfulness of man and the depravity of man? If anybody has a hard time believing anything about God, it ought to be that He would send His Son to die on a cross for us. That for whosoever... whosoever, Wait a minute. How is it that anyone can be saved? How can that possibly be? If people are struggling with this, if people are having doubts, you ought to be having doubts that God could even save you. If if you're going to doubt anything, not be doubting how you could be going through all the things that you're going through, we ought to be trying to figure out, wait a minute, wait a minute, okay, if God is that holy and if man is that bad, and I think I can see that, why am I still alive? Why am I not burning in hell right now? And what we're going to have to do, the only alternative is to, I'm going to have to trust what the holy God said and that He loved us anyway. That He loved us even though that we were sinners, in spite of the fact that we helped create this mess, He still loved us. If He said it, He's not like man that lies and sometimes makes things sound a little better than they are. He must be telling the truth. He must actually love us. Wow, what kind of love is that that a holy God would love any man, any woman? That a holy God would love me? But God does. And I tell you, you understand that when you understand that you are a result of sin, that it's because of sin we're here, we, I mean, we're just going to be grasping at anything we can get from God. And the fact that we can get God's love, the fact that we can get His forgiveness and His mercy... And heaven, and someday even be like Christ. We ought to, and we ought to be blown away by that. We ought to be so thankful that we want to just devote our lives to serving God and giving something back to this one who gave us more than we can even comprehend and imagine. We see that God loved us in spite of our sin and the mess that we helped create, and God made a way out of the mess if we will just choose to take it. Listen, man sinned. So if I'd have been in the Garden of Eden, I would, I'd have ate the Tree of Life. No, you wouldn't have. No, we sin all the time. We're, we're, just, we're just like them. We inherited that from them. If you, if you were there, to, you would have taken of that tree too. But you know what? God, He didn't, even though man chose wrong, even though you and I, we've all chose wrong, we've all chose sin countless times, God didn't just say, Alright, forget it. God could have just said, Alright, that's it. You all can go ahead and deal with the consequences of it. I will let you know you all go ahead, live your lives, do what you want to do. 
But once this life I gave you is over, then you have the eternal consequences of sin. God could have done that and still been holy, but God in His love made a way out of the mess if we'll just choose to take it. Romans 10.13 For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why? Why? Why did... That's what we ought to be asking. I think that is a good question. You know, why is there sin? Why do I have to do it? But that's the question. Why are we asking? Why did God make a way out for us? Why does it say in the Bible that for the joy that was set before Him, talking about Jesus Christ, He endured the cross? What was that joy that was set before Him? Was it was it us? Why? What's so great about us? We're so arrogant these days. I mean, I mean, in churches that are supposed to believe the Bible, it's like people have this attitude. They are so arrogant. Oh, yeah, there's no way. There's no way. There's a hell. No, there can't be. God wouldn't allow His children to go into a burning lake of fire for all eternity. God wouldn't do that. Why not? Why would God? Say in John 14, in my Father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Why would He say that? If we're going to struggle with believing in one of the two, I think we ought to be struggling with believing in heaven more than believing in hell. We ought to totally understand that. We have all contributed to it. We deserve it. We are a result of sin. We are a consequence. But yet, and while that sounds terrible, Pastor Tommy is saying we're all just a consequence. Of sin. Well, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, God, we see throughout the Bible, was always taking something that was bad and making it into something good and using it for something good. We see in the story of Joseph, when his brothers went and did an evil thing, they sold him into slavery. That was a horrible thing to do. But God took that circumstance and he used it not only to save Joseph's life, but to save his entire family's life. And Joseph at the end, after it was all said and done, he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God took an evil act that they did and made something good out of it. God did that all the time in the Bible. He would take something bad and make something good out of it. And God can even take us, a consequence of sin, a result of sin, a contributor to the mess. And God can make something good out of us. God can still love us and God can still use us and He'll still have a relationship with us and wants to fellowship with us. That ought to blow us away right there. That should be the mindset that we have. Why is there sin? Well, because God is holy. God gave gave man a choice. God gave the angels a choice. Lucifer... Iniquity started in him. He was he was the first one. Something happened inside of him. He didn't like man upstaging him, and he went and he passed his sin on to man. And from that point on, they fell. And let me tell you something: every horrible story you ever read about, every and I'm not every horrible you know the the stories of the martyrs and things that are just that are terrible. What these wonderful godly people went through. Even that, anything that we get that's better than hell is more than we deserve. All of that was a result of sin. Anything good that has happened, that's because of God. You know, we give God all the credit for all the bad, 
but we never give him credit for all the good. Why is that? Why do we do that? I love what Job said to his wife. Shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord and not evil also? The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God knows what He's doing. That should be our attitude. And I hope, if anything, that if this will cause you to just thank God for your salvation. I understand doubts. I hope you trust what the Word of God says. I hope you trust the Bible. But if you're going to have doubts, don't doubt hell. Doubt heaven. Why would we deserve that? Don't doubt on whether God would judge sin and punish sin. Doubt whether God would forgive sin. If you're going to doubt one of the two things, that's what you ought, that's what you ought to be doubting. And it's just it blows my mind that the way people are thinking these days. Whenever you're going through something difficult, don't doubt whether or not you know God is good. Whenever you're going through something good, doubt. Hey, is there something wrong with God? Because I don't deserve this one bit. Thank God, but thank God that out of all this, even though He's holy, even though we're evil. He still loves us and He gives us hope and He gives us salvation and He gives us eternal life. We don't deserve it. We don't want to forget that. So let's stand together. Our heads bowed and eyes closed.